Today is July 24th, 2021. This is episode 132 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. All right, in this episode, I am going to be <laughs> I'm going to be putting off talking about the new job for another week specifically because I haven't heard anything yet. Um it's getting <laughs> it's getting silly at this point. Um I actually applied for this job 2 months ago was interviewed it'll be three weeks on tuesday ago um yeah nothing moves like the speed of government but uh it's also the summer so like honestly there's so many things that have to happen for a job like having having hired somebody um this june and last november like <laughs> the number of steps you have to go through to actually hire somebody for a position is ridiculous so i'm not i'm not surprised it's taking this long but it's like it is kind of annoying just because um like we'll get into in this episode this is like i'm working on the stuff that i would be working on for this job i just don't have it yet i just want like finality i just want to know i just want to like fully understand um so for this episode rather than wallow in this unknown um what i want to talk about is a little bit kind of give an update on what i have figured out to do for um for our voting system for um the discovery grants program at NSERC. And this is basically just um going through the process for my own sanity, providing some updates that I figured out over the last uh I guess it's almost six months now <laughs> that I've been working on this new version, maybe like closer to five. Um yeah, I basically started piecing this all together in uh, like the the beginning part of it back in February. Um, but things have come a long way since then. I basically, um, I heard in, I guess, February, it was end of February that I was asked to basically pitch the job that I applied for. Um, and I applied in May and now we're the end of Ju July. And, um, like, this is what it's at so far. We, we're about halfway between the previous competition and the next competition in the yearly cycle. Um, and I feel like there's really good progress in comparison to where we were last year, last year around this time. Um, we had barely decided that we were going to use Microsoft Teams as our deliberation platform. And so we're way ahead of the curve on that one. Um, yeah, so I basically wanted to walk through kind of the schematic of what uh, this voting platform looks like. And yeah, we can like I'll go into some depth and, and figure out the the updates that have been made because because there have been quite a few since the last time I <laughs> I talked about it. And uh, yeah, like a lot of new pieces. And so basically, um, from a data perspective, there are two kinds of different data that we're sourcing for the Discovery Grants competition. And those are the data that um, that are submitted to us. So the application data um, and, and sorry, these are two pieces of, comp of data that we need during the actual competition. So there's there's metadata about an application. So things like um who submitted it um when is it going to be discussed what time day etc what room it's going to be discussed in uh there's all this kind of metadata about about the application itself and then the other piece of uh, data we need for any given application um, during competition is what the votes that were actually submitted by the committee were and um those two pieces of data are super important to be able to be 
updated quickly if necessary, and they need to be able to flow from where they're entered to where they are needed really easily. And that's something basically the voting part has always been handled relatively quickly and easily by whatever system we were using. So up until um, up until two years ago, we were using or I guess up until last year, really, we were using um, basically a database. And so files would be submitted through a .NET server into a database. I didn't really have too much to do with that, but um, I was kind of looking at the pieces behind the scenes as I was building last year's version to see what what was done. Last year, we used Microsoft Forms in Microsoft 365 to capture the data, and that was bad for a whole bunch of reasons, but it was kind of a stopgap. We didn't have the resources or the time to figure out something more resilient than that, um, but it was something that as soon as we did it, I was just like, we're never doing this again. There's better ways to do it. We can come up with one. Um, and then this year, um, the idea is that this is not only going to be a platform that we can use for this competition. But we don't want to have to completely, unless we don't, unless we have to, we don't want to completely reinvent the wheel every year. We want to have something, I wanted to build something specifically that would last for, you know, five or 10 years. I, I think I said this in my like interview prep episode. And so that ended up being what we've gone with is something that is actually a platform that we use constantly for competition, which is SharePoint. And we had stored some of our competition files, like the spreadsheets and stuff in SharePoint, because that's where Microsoft Forms um, needs you to host its files if you're using them for um, inside of Microsoft Teams. And yeah, basically everything behind the scenes in Microsoft Teams, everything behind the scenes is SharePoint. Um, and so, yeah, makes complete sense that we would use a feature in, in SharePoint called Microsoft Lists to capture votes. Lists are basically... Um, they're this really neat tool in SharePoint that basically act as a data store. So if you've ever used SharePoint, you can you can have some, like basically libraries with documents like behind the scenes. Every everywhere a file is stored is basically a document library, and there's a like the default document library is just called Documents. Um, but you can you can set up something um, basically a a store of information that you can then go and add new information to anytime you need to. So whether that be a document library or whether that be a Microsoft list, a Microsoft list is basically a, a, a file folder, a document library without any files in it. <laughs> so instead of containing a list of files, it just contains a list of metadata without any files. And you can specify all the types of metadata that you want um, in the same way that you can with a document library. You can add metadata to files in a document library. There is this weird thing where you can also attach a file to a Microsoft list item, but I'm not going to worry about that right now. Um, and it's that's basically just a metadata column where you can attach a file. Um, so the, the information that we're capturing with Microsoft list is actual vote data. So when the Discovery Grants application is being voted on, the members will go into this Microsoft list, they'll add a new item, they'll enter their votes into it um, and hit submit. And basically that's that's all the interaction that they have with the entire platform the entire voting platform um, is submitting these and then there are a bunch of neat things going on behind the scenes taking that information those raw votes that they submitted and converting that those five votes per application into a final score um, and then basically the final score gets routed to uh, one main spreadsheet that's capturing um, 
capturing votes from up to six different forms because some of our um, committees have six different rooms going on, six different streams going on at the same time during competition. And so what we what we decided on or what I decided on, I guess, because nobody I didn't talk to anybody else about this um, at the time of decision making is um, that there's a function in Microsoft Excel, which is called it. Honestly, it's called Power Query. But um, the the overall functionality around it has changed names various times during different versions of Excel. So right now in Microsoft 365 and Excel 365, um, this the section of the pan, of the Excel kind of <laughs> uh, interface is called Get and Transform Data, and it's in the Data tab in Microsoft. Um, but if you open up the panel and everything, it does still have like the name Power Query. That that section used to be called Power Query. Now it's called Get and Transform Data. Um, but the function itself that I'm actually using is called Power Query. And Power Query seems to have some relation to SQL. Um, but I don't really know that much about SQL. And Power Query same, seems, not I wouldn't say that it's approachable, but it's way more approachable to me personally than SQL ever, had, ever has been. I've been looking at SQL. I mean, hell, I've been using SQL tables and databases for probably almost a decade now. Um, mostly through WordPress. Like I've used a lot of uh, MySQL, but I've never, I've never understood it. I've used it from the front end entirely. Um, yeah, there's also some, um, yeah, we use some business objects, um, kind of programs in our in our office. I don't, I don't, you probably don't know what business object is, but it also uses MySQL as, or not MySQL, but SQL as a kind of, a, um interface to access data if you want but i always use the graphical like mysql builder i've I, I could never i could never see myself writing mysql or sql um it just it it's over my head i would have to spend a lot of time learning to figure that out um, but power query is very approachable it lets you do all kinds of data manipulations on tables um and it also lets you the, the combination of sharepoint and power query lets you effectively tie spreadsheets together um like lets you pull a, a synced live copy of a spreadsheet from a different workbook without having to rely on this weird um formula language that excel provides inherently when you open two excel worksheets that are that are networked side by side and copy data from one to the other like you you end up with this string in the formula that's got the URL of the document. And so if that URL changes or whatever, everything breaks. Um, Power Query, you can set it up so that, or like it can be set up in a way that you're directly tying to a file. And so if the file name changes, it breaks too. Um, but the way that I've built these, um, the, the Power Queries to one another, um, you're not actually storing information because because when you write power query it's it's similar to my writing sql um which is that you end up with this this table or not the table like a, a basically a little page of code like database lookup code um but there's all these different functions that you can use and so you can actually um one of my favorite things in, in coding i'm going to take a tangent is when you can disambiguate the ugly backend code of something away from the user and not require them to change anything in the code in order to make something work if you can bring the variable like set up a variable in your code so that the user can manipulate the data going in or the data coming out 
without having to go into the code. That's like the key thing for me. And so basically the, the key thing that I did here was I, in Power Query, I set up, uh, I guess in, in Excel, I set up a table that Power Query looks up um, to pull the different variables that it needs. And so all you have in Excel that, that the front end user has to deal with is a little table with all the URL, the document URLs that you want to pull from. And so if you can update, if, if you move your files around or whatever, rename them, you just have to rename those, that little lookup table, like rename all the, the files and everything will just kind of sync up properly. And um, I've been testing this, this kind of moving function and it, and it works really robustly. So I'm very happy that, that I got it working. Um, but it's led to this kind of thing where we now have the complete ability to set everything up for our competition like effectively now we can set it up whenever we want um now i'm not going to set it up six months in advance because one of the nice things that we would want to have is the ability to you know iterate on that between now july and february um add features if people decide they want features if something new needs to be added we, we can add it but the idea here between um like excel tables like official excel tables this power query setup the formulas I've put together and the SharePoint lists, we can collect whatever data we want in whatever format we want um, and basically move everything around. So like if we need to add a column at the last minute, we can add a column but none of the formulas are affected. None of the power queries are affected. Um, it all just kind of works together. And it's so it's a really nice solution for something to be future proofed, because if we put in a new feature or a new policy in our spreadsheets, and that means we need new data. We need new columns. We can just add them. It doesn't have to be this big, um, this big bad thing. And so I really like that. Um, I really like what's been put together here. And I'm really looking forward to actually implementing it because um, right now we're still kind of late in the approval process. We've been we're like testing and doing validation and that kind of thing. Um, but this like I love this is my favorite kind of thing. Um, one of the things that I've been, there are a couple of things I'll start with, with um, one of the things that I've been looking at recently is um, how permissions are going to work on these SharePoint lists where people are voting, because that's really the the big question is um, we want people to be able to have permissions to vote when we want them to vote, but not when we don't. And yeah, basically there's a whole bunch of different permissions that you can have for any SharePoint item um, and you can set up different kinds of roles. So, for example, um, yeah, obviously you can own a SharePoint site. You can be set up as an owner, which basically means you have global permissions to do anything you want. Anything that's accessible in SharePoint, you can do. Um, there's, yeah, you can be an editor, which basically means you can edit list items, but uh, or probably have full editing access. You can be a contributor, which means you can only add items. You can't delete them, but you can modify them. There's all these kinds of things. So basically, we want to set up one role, which is the well, the owner role will be kind of a super user. Um, but then we want to have member role, um, which is basically when you go in to uh, to the SharePoint list, you'll be able to not delete things, but you'll be able to add things uh, and edit them. And and basically, that's about it. Um, we don't want people to be able to we don't want the, the members, the, the staff members. We want to be able to potentially modify things. Um, but we definitely don't want them to be able to delete things. And there's all kinds of different metadata options you can choose. And then the key thing is that members, so committee members coming from outside, they will be able to add items, but they won't be able to edit the items once they're added. 
and they definitely won't be able to delete items. They'll only be able to see the items that they submitted. There's all these kinds of nice um, functionality. And the plan is to basically control all of these by groups with Outlook, with um, Outlook 365 groups. And so we basically have a group, um, one group, like which is basically all our staff members. And those staff members would get the permissions, those kind of mid-tier modification permissions I just mentioned. And then each committee, so there'll be 13, um, will get their own group, which gives them limited, like very limited, like I was mentioning, permissions to access, to add items to only their evaluation group um, area. And one of the nice things that I just figured out that you're able to do with a SharePoint list is you can actually create, um, uh, uh, you can create a formula that does validation on a form before you submit it, and it won't let you submit it if the validation doesn't pass. And so what I'm looking at now is basically locking um, a form using this validation because I can set up a parameter. So right now, the way that we're doing the um, the data entry for a form is that um, there is a, a what we call the application ID, um, which signif which which represents a unique application, and that is that's entered into the form by default. It's like a it's a choice, a multiple choice um, picker, but there's only one choice. And it's the application ID that we want you to vote on. And then you submit your scores. And the way that I have the spreadsheet set up now with a little macro, um, you can actually close the form down. And when you when you close the form, it will send to the SharePoint uh, list behind the scenes the default answer to that multiple choice question of which there's only one choice will be form locked. And so when somebody goes to submit a new vote, they'll just see form locked. And if you go and try to submit a vote at that time, the validation will go in and check and see that the answer to application ID is form locked. And at that point, it will not let you submit a vote. That will not pass validation. And so effectively, that locks the list so you can't add new items. And um, I figured this out later this, uh, at the end of this week. And it's kind of a big breakthrough for me because I was looking at having to use a function in um, Office Microsoft 365 called Power Apps um, to basically build a custom app to submit votes. Um, and basically, the only reason I was doing that is so that people wouldn't be able to submit votes when the form was closed. So being able to use this this um, this different functionality to lock a form is really kind of groundbreaking for me and, and um, will really help because, um, yeah, it was basically looking to be a lot more complicated to build those power apps than it is to just lock a form with a validation check. Um, the only other thing that we really have to do or I really have to look for, which is kind of a nice to have, but um, this was a this was a thing that was technically kind of a weird vulnerability last year, um, which is that you can keep if you open a window that has stale voting information in it, that has an old application ID that was voted on previously and you don't refresh your tab. Um, before you go on to the next um, application, if you, if you vote on that stale information, that stale information actually makes it into the spreadsheet. And so basically what I'm trying to do is block the ability for people to add new items to the SharePoint list, um, basically by toggling again with that same macro that I would use to lock the form. Um, I would also use it 
to just get rid of the add button entirely. Um, so you wouldn't have to worry about people putting in stale information. You would still see it. You'd still see whatever that information was. Um, but yeah, it just it just gives you that extra peace of mind to be like, nope, they can't add items. So there's nothing to worry about. Um, but all that being said, this is turning into a really, really fun project for me. It's like a very big project, but um, I'm really excited that it's working as well as it is at such an early stage. And um, really looking forward to showing more people and testing it out and, and really letting people test it out too, um, to see, to like confirm for myself that it is as user friendly as I've put it together to be. So I'm, I'm very excited about this project and looking forward to hearing about this job soon so that I can, you know, kind of be brought more into the team that's, that's I'm going to be working with. And um, this is assuming I get the job, which I've kind of talked myself into the fact that there's no way that I can't anymore. Um, so we'll see how that goes. It, would be yeah <laughs> tragic if i didn't get it at this point because i put so much work into the the stuff around what's being built so um all that being said i'm going to end the episode for this week and uh i want to thank you all very much for listening i'll talk to you in the next one bye